You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Podcast. Amen. Thanks, Dominic. Well, good morning, Grace. What a privilege to be able to worship with you. I was able this morning to pull this shirt out of the closet. I very rarely wear this shirt because I never have an opportunity to celebrate. (laughs) But we have several staff members that graduated from ORU, and they've been prodding me all week. And so I'm not going to say anything else, and I'm just wearing the shirt today. (laughs) And we're still playing, so I'll just leave it at that. Grab your Bibles. Look with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This morning we are concluding the series on the Holy Spirit. We spent the past four weeks gaining an understanding about who the Holy Spirit is and how he functions in the life of the believer in the church today. If you've missed any of the previous messages, I would encourage you to go back and listen to those because each one builds upon the other. And today we're going to look at each of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's identified in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're going to talk about just briefly each of those gifts and what's the purpose of the gifts. For those who were not here last week, or maybe just uh, as a reminder for those who were here, we said four things last week about the gifts. So these two messages are connected together. We said four things about the gifts. First, we said the purpose of the miraculous gifts, the gifts of the Spirit, <clears throat> is to bring about God's work of encouraging, edifying, and building up believers through supernatural means. In other words, it's the Holy Spirit's work through our lives in a way that's beyond that which is humanly natural. That's why we call it supernatural. The second truth we learned last week is that the Holy Spirit manifests the supernatural gifts as he determines. So it's not like someone lives in one of these gifts 24-7, but the Holy Spirit brings a gift through someone's life as he determines to meet a need in that time, enabling us to edify, encourage, and serve others. We also discovered that the gifts are not just for our corporate gatherings. They're really 24-7 for us to be like, I, I, I actually believe that for Christ followers, we should be living naturally supernatural. Why? Because the third person in the Trinity resides within you. Really simple. Therefore, that should be happening in and through our lives. So they're not just for corporate gatherings. It's really for everyday life, empowering us, enabling us to effectively represent Jesus. The last truth we talked about last week is that love should be our guide as we operate in the gifts. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1 says this. Listen to what he said. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. So we're following the way of love. Love is our guide as we're eagerly desiring spiritual gifts. So as we think of the gifts of the Spirit, they're simply miraculous or supernatural ways that the Holy Spirit enables us to help others. Like the gifts are not something that we create. The gifts are not something that we develop. Rather, we simply become conduits through which the Holy Spirit can flow. So what is a conduit? A conduit is simply a channel through, through which something is conveyed. Like this morning, <clears throat> I went out in my shop and I picked up a piece of conduit. This is, in case you're not aware, this is a piece of electrical conduit. Now the purpose of this conduit, what, is to carry the power. Are you with me? The conduit's not the power, right? The conduit's not the power. The conduit is simply the channel through which the electrical power flows. In a similar way, if you can think of it like this, you're not the power. You're simply the what? The 
You're the conduit. You're the channel through which the Holy Spirit chooses to flow, chooses to enable you, again, for the purpose of this, that you might be able to serve, minister to, help, and encourage others. So we are simply the means through which the Holy Spirit works. And one of the, one of the ways the Holy Spirit works is by manifesting these miraculous gifts through our lives. The very fact that they're miraculous or supernatural means that oftentimes they are beyond that which we can understand or fully define. Are you with me? So what I'm getting ready to do today is like, how can I fully define that which is miraculous? Like if you pray for someone and the Holy Spirit ministering through you brings healing for them, they're miraculously healed, how do you explain that? How do you explain the miraculous? Or when Jesus invited Peter to get out of the boat and walk on water, and Peter did, how many of you know, scientifically speaking, you don't walk on water? What do you do? You do the same thing I do. You sink, right? You don't walk on water, yet Peter's walking on water. How do we explain that? How can you scientifically define the miraculous? It's difficult. So at times, the supernatural is beyond that which we can fully comprehend, understand, or define. We just have to say, well, that's miraculous. Well, that's, that's God, because that's what God does. God does the miraculous. And so we want to open our lives to that, uh, these nine gifts that we want to talk about this morning. But before I get to the gifts of the Spirit, let me just take a minute. And I can't go deep in this because I don't have much time this morning. But I want to talk about gifts as reference throughout Scripture because there's actually three different places in the New Testament where you'll find groupings of gifts. And oftentimes there's confusion around, oh, okay, what are we talking about? Which set of gifts are we talking about? And so to help me through the years just kind of wrap my mind around um, what are the different gifts, I, I use the, the letter M. If I can keep things kind of like... Starting with the same letter, it helps me remember. So as we look to Scripture, we have what I call the motivational gifts, we have the ministry gifts, and we have the miraculous gifts. Three different gifts located in three different past, three different places in the Scripture for three different purposes. So the motivational gifts are found in Romans chapter 12, verses 4 through 8. Listen to how the Scripture reads. Verse, it's verse 8. Paul wrote these words, just as each of each one of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs then to all the others. The, motiva- the motivational gifts, if you can think of it like this, they're part of our DNA. They're part of how we're wired. That, that motivate us to action, that move us to me. I mentioned this last week. In my life, the way God has wired me, I have, a, I have the motivational gift of leadership and service. I'm naturally motivated. Listen, if I come into a group of people and chaos is there, uh, no one has to ask me to lead. But I, I just kind of step into that. Or serving. No one has to prod me to serve. I love serving. It's just, it's kind of the way God's wired me. So the motivational gifts. The second group of gifts that we find identified in the scriptures in Ephesians chapter four. In Ephesians chapter four, we have what we call the, or what I call the ministry gifts. And listen to how the scripture reads. Ephesians chapter four, verse 11. Paul wrote these words. It was he, speaking of Jesus, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service. So if you can think of it like this, the ministry gifts are about calling. 
It's about individuals receiving a calling, a gift. So I would say I have the calling of being a pastor. And my role is to equip the saints to do the work of ministry. So there's the, the ministry gifts. And then we have the miraculous gifts found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And these are supernatural gifts that the Spirit gives to empower us to serve others in a way that's beyond that which is natural. And it's these gifts that I want to try to unpack for us this morning. Now the gifts, as we think about the gifts, they're not, they're not about you. They're really not for you. They're, they're for others. Again, it's the Holy Spirit enabling you to effectively serve others in supernatural ways. Pastor Robert Morris says it well in, in the book. Um, many of you purchased the book that we had, The God I Never Knew. But he makes this statement. Listen as I read this. It says, why does the Holy Spirit give spiritual gifts to us? It's a great question. Why does he give gifts? So these gifts, so excuse me, so those gifts can be released in ministries for the profit of all. He gives us gifts so that we can be a blessing to others. And it's these gifts that were in operation in the early church in the book of Acts. And we're going to look at several different stories this morning in the book of Acts. But it's not just the gifts for then. I would say it's, these are also gifts for today. Not just gifts of the past, but gifts for the present. Tell your neighbor and say, it's, turn to your neighbor and say, hey, it's still happening today. But the gifts are still for the operation of, of the church in, in the life of the believer today. So let's read again this morning. We read this last week. I want to read just a portion of Scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning with verse 7. Paul wrote these words. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given. Notice for the common goods, for the profit of all. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom, to another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking, speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he gives them notice to each one, not just to a select few, but to each one just as he determines. So we have Paul here identifying nine different manifestations or gifts of the Spirit. And to help us this morning in our understanding of these gifts, I've actually broken the nine down into three categories. As I look at these gifts, I define them as the discerning gifts, the declarative gifts, and the dynamic gifts. So let me take just a minute and talk about these three categories and the nine gifts that, that Paul references here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So first we have the discerning, the discerning gifts. In this category, we have a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, and discerning of spirit. So what is, what is a word of knowledge? A word of knowledge is the Holy Spirit allowing you to know something that you didn't learn by natural means. It's you having supernatural knowledge so that you can move to action to bring help and hope for others. Here's a great illustration of this. John chapter 4. John chapter 4, we have Jesus interacting with the Samaritan woman. Remember the encounter that Jesus had at the well. Now, let me just take a step back and say that Jesus operated in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. 
When Jesus came, he laid down that of his divine privileges and became man just like you and I. It's interesting. The scripture talks about, and you can check this out in the Gospel of Luke. Jesus was baptized by, by John in the River Jordan. The Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus. The scripture says the spirit then led Jesus into the wilderness where he fasted for 40 days, was tested. Luke chapter 4 verse 1 says that Jesus came out of the wilderness, get this, full of the Holy Spirit. And he began then his three years of public ministry. So as I reference Jesus in several of these illustrations this morning, understand that Jesus operated by the power of the Holy Spirit. We see the gifts operating in and through Jesus' life. So back to the story in John chapter 4. They come into a village called Sychar. The disciples go into town to get food. Jesus is left at the well alone. A Samaritan woman comes out, and Jesus begins to interact with this Samaritan woman about water and about salvation, about eternal life. And in the midst of the conversation, Jesus says this to the woman. He says, go call your husband and come back. And the woman says... I have no husband. And listen to what Jesus said. John chapter 4, verse 17. Jesus said, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is that you've had five husbands, and the man that you now have is not your husband. What you've said is quite true. And the woman responds by saying, sir, I think you're a prophet. Yeah, like, wow. How would Jesus, I mean, like he'd never met this woman before, yet all of a sudden he has all of this history about this woman who's been married five times and she's living with a man who's now not her husband. What was it? It was a word of knowledge. Jesus had insight and understanding about a woman that he had never known. And in this story, it's all about bringing her to a place of understanding her need for salvation. And Jesus bringing help and hope for this Samaritan Woman. So the gift of a word of knowledge is the Holy Spirit giving us knowledge and insight into situations that we would not have naturally known so that we can bring help for others. Now, this oftentimes happens in my own life. I'm, I'm not a counselor. I'm a horrible counselor. So you never want to come see me for counseling. I, I, I'm just being honest. You know, I'll refer you to some of it. Quite often, individuals end up in my office for, for counseling. Like, why would they come to me? I don't know why they would come to me. Um, but they do. And so I'm trying the best I can to bring help and hope. And I, countless times, I've had situations where the Holy Spirit brought insight and understanding where I could speak specifically to an issue to bring help and hope and comfort in that situation. And it was information that I didn't have prior to meeting with that individual. Now, again, I'm not a good counselor. You don't want to come see me for counseling. But in times and places, what the Holy Spirit brings inside and under, what do we call it? We call it a word of knowledge. And that the Holy Spirit is helping you in a supernatural way help others. And then the second of the discerning gifts is the discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits is the gift of the Holy Spirit that makes Believers aware of the presence of demonic spirits. Listen, there are demons at work in our world today. Um, there's spiritual warfare. There's an ongoing conflict between light and dark. As we read about in Scripture, listen, it's still happening today. Now, I, I don't believe that there's a demon behind every bush. I don't believe that when your spouse gets a little ill, there's a demon. Uh, you know, don't call me about that. 
However, I do believe that there's a reality of this ongoing conflict. And from time to time, individuals can be influenced by, even Christians can be influenced by, notice I said influenced by, not possessed, but can be influenced by demonic spirits. And so at times the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, helps us discern what's at the root of this, what's at the source of this. I mean, if you had a demonic influence happening in your home, in your business, in your family, wouldn't you like to know that? So you can deal with it. And so the Holy Spirit brings insight and understanding into something in the spiritual realm that you would not otherwise maybe have known. It's the discerning of story. We see this happening in a story recorded for us in Acts chapter 16. You can, you can write that reference down and check it out later. But we have, we have Paul and Silas ministering in a town called Philippi. And the scripture says that there was a young slave girl that was following them around, just kept chanting and chanting and chanting. And she, she became somewhat of a nuisance. And I want you to listen now. The scripture reads, I'm going to read one verse, Acts 16, verse 16. Scripture says, but Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit... Notice he didn't address the young slave girl to the spirit. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. How did Paul know that this young slave girl had a a demonic spirit? It was the Holy Spirit bringing understanding a revelation about something happening in the spirit realm that he then addressed in the authority of Jesus. And so discerning of spirits is bringing understanding about, again, things happening in the spiritual realm that you and I can't see with our eye, yet it is a reality. And the Holy Spirit bringing understanding. And then when there's understanding, what do we do? We deal with it in the authority of the blood of Jesus. Amen? We don't, we don't go chasing demons. We don't go looking for demons. But we, we, con- we confront them when we need to. What with the authority of the cross The third of the discerning gifts is the word of wisdom. A word of wisdom is the Holy Spirit bringing a divine answer or solution for a particular question or challenge. Sometimes the word of wisdom comes in knowing exactly the right thing to say at the right time. Jesus operated in this gift quite often. There's several different passages of Scripture that references the religious leaders coming with their trick questions. Well, they were trying to trip Jesus up. And it's like every time, if you read those accounts, every time Jesus turned the table on them and they walked away scratching their head. What was it? I believe we see this, this gift, this, this word of wisdom is that Jesus knew the right thing to say at the right time. At other times, this gift results in knowing exactly the right thing to do. When Jesus and Peter are about to be late in paying the temple taxes, Jesus gets a word of wisdom that solves the problem for both of them. And maybe you recall this passage of Scripture in Matthew chapter 17. Jesus said this to Peter. He says, go to the sea and cast a hook and take the first fish you catch. And when you've opened its mouth, you'll find a piece of money. Take that and give it to them for me and you. Peter obeys and the problem solved. And a word of wisdom about a fish and some, some money. Listen, I've caught a lot of fish in my life, but I hadn't found a penny in one yet. But there was a, there was a, a word of wisdom. So the word of wisdom is simply the Holy Spirit bringing answers or solutions for our lives to help us navigate life and to serve others. You know, in my 30 years of pastoral ministry, I've come to numerous situations 
that I didn't have solutions to. Listen, I'm limited in my life just as you're limited in your life. Listen, what I've come to discover is there's a whole lot I don't know. Come to situations that I didn't have solutions for, that I didn't have answers to. And the Holy Spirit would bring a solution, would bring an answer. I can't tell you how many times I've experienced that in my own life, in my own leadership. What is it's a it's a word of wisdom. So we have we have then the the the, discer, uh, the discerning gifts. The second group of gifts is what I call the declarative gifts. I have to move a little quicker here. The declarative the, the declarative gifts each involve. A form of declaration of divine truth or supernatural messages. So it's a declaring of some kind of truth that's empowered by or enabled by the Holy Spirit. The first of the declarative gifts is the gift of prophecy. Prophecy is the Holy Spirit bringing a word of encouragement to edify someone. When some people hear the word prophecy, they immediately think of future. Like someone's getting ready to, they're going to give a word of prophecy. They're going to tell me about a future event. Now, it can at times um, be about something in the future, but most commonly a word of prophecy is simply the Holy Spirit speaking through you to someone or someone else to bring encouragement for them in their lives. So it's a message of encouragement from the Holy Spirit delivered through a human vessel to another person or persons. So, A word of prophecy is a message of encouragement, not discouragement, not correction, not rebuke, not judgment. Matter of fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3, Paul gives us the threefold role of prophecy. And I want you to listen to how this reads. 1 Corinthians 14, 3 says, But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for what? For their strengthening, their encouragement, and comfort. For what? Their strengthening, their encouragement, and their comfort. I can't tell you how many times in my life in a Pentecostal church, and I've been in a Pentecostal church all my life, where I've seen the gift of prophecy misused, used in a way to attack others, to belittle others. And when that happens, listen, it's not a word of prophecy. Because Paul says, here's the purpose of prophecy, to, to comfort, to encourage, to speak life to others. So the Holy Spirit brings um, prompts, brings a message to you that you then communicate to someone else. Here's a perfect example of that. Over the past nine months, it's been tough leading in the life of Grace Covenant. I don't know how to say it any other way than that. The tensions, the polarization, the issues of politics, the issues of race, the issues of COVID, it's not been fun in the seat of the bus that I sit on. And it would be the same for the campus pastors that I lead with. And about three weeks ago, one of our elders sent um, a prophetic word via email to the other two campus pastors and myself. And it was like life to me. It was like It was like water to my soul. It was lifting. It was edifying. It was a prophetic word. God, by his spirit, chose to speak through one leader to another leader to bring encouragement. What is it? It's prophecy in its simplest form. So, again, we don't have to get weird with this. We don't have to get, like, you know, awkward. No, it's, it's just the Holy Spirit choosing you as a channel to bring encouragement, comfort, to someone else. That, that is, my friends, the, the gift of prophecy and, and operation. 
The second and third of the declarative gifts work in tandem or or they function together. So I want to talk about these two together. They are the messages in an unknown language uh, and then the interpretation of that language. It's it's inspired by the Holy Spirit for edification and direction. It's these two gifts that usually generate the most questions and the most confusion. As we think about the nine gifts... It's these two that create a bit of an obstacle or, or a hurdle for us. So, so let me again say these are supernatural gifts. That means they're, they're beyond that which is natural. There's beyond that which we can fully get our minds around. Like how can we get our minds around someone speaking in a language that they've never known or heard before or someone interpreting a language in a message that you and I can understand and it's a language they've never heard before? Like how can that happen? So, friends, we're talking about things that are supernatural. Are, are you with me? So at times it's difficult to fully get our minds around that. So, again, the supernatural gifts. But, but to better understand these two gifts... Let me just take a little side road here just for a moment. To better understand these two gifts, we first need to know that there are two different types of tongues referenced in Scripture. And I encourage you to go deeper, dig into this, do the study on your own. Where there's two different types of tongues referenced in Scripture. One is for personal edification and is often known as this, a spiritual prayer language. And one is for corporate edification, which is the gift of tongues partnered with the gift of interpretation. When someone receives the fullness of the Holy Spirit, as we see happening in Acts chapter 2, they can expect to receive a a spiritual prayer language. And this is a means, this is a means um, to, to pray or to edify, to build up your spirit and engage in spiritual warfare. I want to take you to 1 Corinthians chapter 14 because Paul talks a lot about this because it was stirring a bit of confusion in the church of Corinth. So Paul writes quite a bit about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Now listen to what he wrote, beginning with verse 2. He says, For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. Indeed, no one who understands him, um, indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit. But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Notice that line. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. He who prophesies edifies the church. Then he goes on in his explanation in verses 14 and 15. He says, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? I'll pray with my spirit, but I'll also pray with my mind. I'll sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my mind. And then in verses 18 and 19, he says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. But in the church, I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. So Paul here is speaking of a spiritual prayer language. So again, spiritual prayer language is for what? It's for personal, personal edification. It's like, if I can say it like this, it's for the filling of your spiritual tank. In my private times of worship that happen every morning, early in the morning, um, I pray for a lot of different things, but I spend time praying in the Spirit. I pray in my spiritual prayer language. It's the filling of my tank. It, it energizes me spiritually. So there's the, there's, 
There's tongues for personal edification, but there's also then what Paul talks about here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, oftentimes the confusion comes in that individuals try to mix these two, and they're not the same. Two different works of the Spirit for two different purposes. So the gift of tongues is referenced in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. It's for the corporate edification and is partnered with an interpretation of tongues so that people can understand and grasp what the Holy Spirit is communicating through a human vessel. If you can think of it like this, tongues and an interpretation of tongues is much like a word of prophecy. For the exhortation, for the building up, it's God choosing to communicate um, truth, encouragement to the body through this gift. Listen, it doesn't have to be awkward. It doesn't have to be weird. If it happens on a Sunday morning in our corporate times of worship, what is it? It's right here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And Paul talks about it as a means of the manifestation of the Spirit for the building up of the church. Well, let's jump to the third group of spiritual gifts, what I call the dynamic gifts. We refer to, we re, re, excuse me, we refer to this group as the dynamic gifts because they display the power of God. The power of God being revealed. The first of these gifts is the gift of faith. The gift of faith is the Holy Spirit bringing a supernatural endowment of belief and confidence for a specific situation. Now, it might seem odd to think of faith as a gift of the Spirit because everything about the Christian life is by faith, right? We are saved by faith. Jesus consistently talks about growing in your faith, your your belief in God, implying that faith is a choice that we make. So how can faith be a gift of the Holy Spirit that he distributes as he wills? Well, Paul is talking, I believe, here about imparting uh, the imparting of something distinct from the everyday faith that we're called to exercise in our Christian walk. That's why some people refer to this gift as the special, uh, the gift of special faith. So it's a gift that's given that enables us to move in a courage and a confidence of faith that would not be that which is natural. Let me give you a biblical illustration of this. It's found in Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4 We have Peter and John who are called before the religious leaders because they've been talking about this Jesus that was crucified has been resurrected. Matter of fact, they're saying this about the religious leaders. You killed him, but you couldn't keep him in the grave. And so they call Peter and John before the Sanhedrin. Now listen, these are the same folks that took Jesus' life. Okay, these are the folks who could take their lives. Are you with me? Like he's standing before individuals who really hold the, the, the power to be able to, to, to have him crucified, to have him murdered. But I want you to listen to what Peter says. Acts chapter 4, verse 8. It says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we're being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it was by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth whom you crucified. Interesting, verse 13 in that same story goes on to say, when the religious leaders saw the courage, the faith, the confidence of John and Peter, and they, they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. 
How would Peter have such faith, such courage, such confidence in this moment? I believe we see here a gift of faith that, that, that gave him the ability to confront the religious leaders in such of a strong way to proclaim to them the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So we have the gift of faith. The second of the dynamic gifts is the gift of healing. The gift of healings is the Holy Spirit supernaturally manifesting the healing provision of Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit empowering us to do the very thing that Jesus did by the power of the Holy Spirit. So the gift of healing is simply this. It's the Holy Spirit manifesting through your life in a way that enables you to pray for the sick and they're healed. Now when that happens, hear me, you didn't heal them. Someone emailed me the other day and said, Pastor, can, can you heal people? <laughs> I got a good chuckle out of that. I thought it was, no, I can't heal people, nor can you. But oftentimes, as the Spirit determines, as the Spirit directs, He releases ability and power through our lives. Remember, what are you? You're the conduit. You're simply the conduit that the Holy Spirit flows through. The Holy Spirit flows through you that you pray for someone who's sick and they are miraculously healed. How do you explain that? You can't explain it. You can't give definition to it other than it was God by His Spirit bringing power that turned a situation around. We, we see this gift in the life of Peter's stories found in Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3, Peter and John are on their way to the temple. So this is just after the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 3 comes after Acts chapter 2, if you're not, if you're not aware of that. <laughs> Acts chapter 3, Peter and John on their way to the temple for prayer. And as they're on their way to the temple, they're encountered by a man, the scripture said, who's been lame from birth. In other words, he's never walked before. And he's positioned in the strategic location to beg as individuals are on their way to the temple. And so obviously he says to Peter and John what he's saying to everyone else. He's asking, he's begging for, for gold, for silver, for, for goods, whatever they might have. And I want you to listen to what Peter says. Acts chapter 3. Peter says, silver and gold, I don't have. But I'm going to give you what I have in the name of Jesus. Rise and walk. And instantly, a man who had never walked before jumped to his feet. He's running and dancing. Obviously, it caused quite a commotion, drew quite a crowd. Now, did Peter, did Peter heal the man? No. That's Peter, what limited like you and I in his humanity. It was the, it was the gift of healing flowing through Peter. Again, Peter's what? He's the conduit through which the Holy Spirit worked to bring healing to a man who had never walked before. And that's the gift. That's the gift of, of healing. The Holy Spirit releasing the miraculous through our lives to bring healing, to bring healing for others. The third of the dynamic gifts is the gift of miracles. The gift of miracles is the Holy Spirit manifesting miraculous works for the benefit of others. It's it's divine intervention that alters circumstances. This is God doing only which God can do as the Holy Spirit manifests miraculous abilities. Again, where? Through our lives. 
We see this gift operating in the life of Jesus in numerous different situations. I mean, he took a little boy's lunch and multiplied it to feed 5,000. What do we call that? A miracle, right? I mean, we see Jesus speaking to the raging sea, and all of a sudden we go from storm, raging sea, to peace. What, what do we call that? We call it miraculous. A miracle after miracle. Not, not just in Jesus. One last story. Acts chapter 8. Persecution broke out against the early church in the city of Jerusalem. So the believers spread to other cities and regions. And one of those believers was a man by the name of Philip. Philip went up into the region of Samaria. And he began preaching the gospel message. He began telling people about Jesus, the Son of God, who had been crucified and was, was resurrected. People were getting saved. Not only that, we see the gift of miracles. Matter of fact, listen how the scripture reads. Acts chapter 8, verse 6. says, When the crowds heard Philip and saw the miraculous signs he did, they all paid close attention to what he said. Now again, Philip was human and limited just as you and I are limited. He did the he did the miraculous by the power of the Holy Spirit as the gift of, the, of miracles was manifested through his life. So, so the, the gift of miracles is really simply this. It's the Holy Spirit working through your life only that which God can do. It's the supernatural. As he determines. As he would choose to reveal that of God's greatness in and through your life. So today, we have these three categories. We have the, the discerning gifts, the declarative gifts, and the dynamic gifts. That the Holy Spirit manifests in our lives. Listen, as I said earlier, these are not gifts of the past. These are gifts for the present. These are not, these are not the spooky gifts, but the practical gifts. That the Holy Spirit works through our lives these supernatural gifts are manifested by the Holy Spirit to all, get this, to all. Can you say that word with me? All. Interesting. Paul says several different times in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, each one. Each one includes what? Everyone, right? Each one includes everyone in the room today. To all who are willing to receive and operate in them for the, for the benefit and blessing of others. So my challenge to you today... I know I've given you a lot of information. I feel like I've just blasted you with a fire hydrant. A lot of information. But this would be my challenge to you today, friend. Simply be open to and responsive to the work of the Holy Spirit. Again, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, what do you have? You have the third person of the Trinity that resides within you. That in itself is supernatural. So how might the Holy Spirit who resides within you, how might that same Holy Spirit want to minister through you? It doesn't have to be weird. It doesn't have to be awkward. Matter of fact, that's why I call it living naturally supernatural. Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, where the Holy Spirit brings maybe a, a prophetic word. Or you're at work and you've got a problem that's way beyond what you even know how to solve. Could it be that the Holy Spirit might want to bring a word of wisdom and all of a sudden you have insight and understanding and you're able to bring a solution to that problem? 
And then when people come and pat you on the back and say, man, I don't know how you got so smart. You're able to say, you know, I'm really not that smart. It's the Holy Spirit within me. So don't be patting yourself on the back too much. You're not that great. I'm not that great. Listen, friend, I would quit today. I would not even preach the next service if I didn't have the confidence of the Holy Spirit within me. Because this is what I know. I am so limited in my life. I'm so restricted. And my confidence is not in who I am or how much I know or how much experience I have. Listen, my confidence is this. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. And hear me, friend, that same Holy Spirit resides in you. To enable us to confidently live out our faith. Okay, my challenge today is simply this. Be open. Be responsive. We don't chase after the gifts. We don't manipulate. No, we want want to live out an authentic faith that simply makes room for the Holy Spirit to manifest in our lives. Amen? Lord, we thank you that you've given us help because, whoa, you know we need it. In our marriages, in our families, in our workplace. Lord, I believe that, that you've given us the Spirit and the gifts so that we can effectively do life naturally supernatural so lord my prayer today for myself and all of my friends here is may we simply be open to and we don't have to make this happen we don't have to manipulate we don't want to get into any of that weirdness lord we simply say here we are holy spirit as you choose and as you would determine bring your gifts to our lives and through our lives That we might be a blessing, a help, an encouragement. That we might help others, Lord Jesus, find you. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.